It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. Happy first game of this NBA season or first game of the Timberwolves season, I should say. Thank you, first of all, for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. And remember that Locked on Wolves is now free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves and my account at at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. Today's show, tons to talk about. Um, I want to finish the show with a quick Wolves Rockets preview. We'll get to that a little bit later. And uh, obviously that's the game tonight. And then the rest of this week, we're focused on actual, um, actual real live Timberwolves basketball, which is going to be incredible. Um, so I want to get the rest of the predictions, the projections out of the way today. We did a first uh, part of this kind of prediction series on Tuesday. So if you missed it, go back and listen, please. Um, you know, please do so if you have a few minutes. And uh, basically on Tuesday's show talked about um, about some team projections related to where does the team finish defensively? What does the three-point shooting look like? Crunch time lineups, some kind of uh, less, uh, I, I should say less tangible, but less specific to win totals and standings and all that stuff. Today is all about that. It's about the win totals, the standings. I want to hit 10 over-unders here off the top from across the league where I would go uh, based on the betonline.ag win totals um, heading into the season. And then I want to hit uh, lockdown power rankings here off the top before getting into the Northwest Division, the Eastern Conference playoff teams, the Western Conference playoff teams. It's all happening today. Um, so this is this is quite literally a, a very packed show for you today. Let's start with, uh, with a quick mention of the lockdown NBA power ranking. So all of our lockdown hosts did a quick poll, basically just ranking the teams where we would put them stand as currently right now, where each team is in the standings in terms of just a power rankings, not where we're going to finish the season, you know, not where all 30 teams will finish the season, uh, not in order of, you know, like we're not predicting playoff teams in either conference. It's just a power ranking right now, which I guess take that how you want. But I think like, for instance, I put the Nets a lot higher in my power ranking than I actually think they're going to finish. Like my Nets over under, I think I think I was under on what their win total is, but I had them in the top like I think three or maybe four in my power rankings because just sitting here right now, you look at the roster, you say, hey, look, they've they've got to be one of the best three or four teams in the league. However, I'm skeptical of a handful of things um, over the course of the season with the Nets, whether it be coaching or the team gelling or the Kyrie Irving thing. I mean, I just think you know, the roster, the upside, and I'm not saying power rankings are strictly upside, but I think it's defensible to put them in your top three or four in the power rankings, but also not think they're going to be be there when the season ends, right? Um, so like, for instance, I had the Wolves, I think I put them 18th or 19th on my list. 
And I think they'll finish the year a little bit higher than that. And maybe that's a little bit of an optimistic ranking, but um, at any rate, let's look at what overall, what the hosts across the Locked NBA Network uh, said, and I'll put this up here. Um, So this is, again, the 30 Locked NBA hosts, and I guess a handful of shows with co-hosts as well. So I guess 30 plus hosts voted on this. And this was the consensus. So the Milwaukee Bucks, number one, of course, defending champs, the Nets at number two, probably not surprising. Of course, Bucks and Nets faced off on opening night and the Bucks more or less dominated that game. Um, The Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns, the Lakers, the other Eastern Conference finalist team, the Hawks, all the way down at seven, which is a little bit surprising to me that they're behind the Jazz Suns, Lakers, Nuggets, behind all of those teams. I think there might be a slot or two low. I actually think this is much better than, I talked a little bit about some of the ESPN rankings recently, some of the other power rankings that are out there. This is pretty good. Um, the Grizzlies at 17 is higher than you'll see them on a lot of lists, I think, and that's good. Um, the Timberwolves at 21 is higher than you'll see. Although I will say the latest ESPN power rankings where they kind of included, it was more of a season preview, but but, but the panel ranked the teams. I think the Wolves were 22, which is, I mean, they were 27 for the longest time in the offseason power rankings. And for whatever reason, and uh, perhaps it, it was the three and one preseason or maybe three and oh preseason when a lot of these power rankings were done, it influenced people into thinking that the Timberwolves are actually going to be a little bit better than they thought they would based on their offseason. Been talking about it all the time on the show that the Wolves are not a bottom five team in the league. It's ridiculous. I mean, they were fit the fifth worst team last year and they were a shell of what they should have been based on injuries, bad coaching early in the season. They're not a bottom five team and anybody that's trying to tell you that they are is not paying attention. So 21, no, it's not a glamorous ranking, but it's not 26 or 27 or 28 like we'd seen earlier this offseason in, in various power rankings. So teams that are ahead of the Wizards, the Kings, which I've been saying on the show forever, there's no way the Wolves finish behind the Kings. Um, it, given again, all the relative, right, relative health, uh, a non-crazy season in regards to, to some of those things. Um, the Pelicans at 24 surprised me a little bit that they're three spots behind the Wolves, the Spurs at 25, then the Cavs, Pistons, Rockets, Magic, and Thunder. Um, so I think this list is actually really accurate. I, I think it's better than a lot of the the general, um, you know, the, the so-called experts out there that put together lists. Um, so, Kudos from me to the rest of my lockdown hosts, and I guess myself as well, for putting together a fantastic power rankings before the season. Uh, I, I think that that was really, really well done. Um, okay, let's hit some over-under predictions. I'll do a, f- a handful here uh, right away. And these are just, so this is based on the betonline.ag win total. I'm going to tell you whether I think they'll finish over or under with a quick reason as to why they'll finish over or under that win total. I'm just cherry picking 10 that I feel strongly about, um, that if I were placing a bet, this is how I would bet. Now, I probably only feel really strongly about seven or eight of them. That's the whole thing with win totals, right? Vegas is good at what they do. The lines are set really accurately. The win totals are set really accurately for the most part. And so if, you know, you know, gun to my head, if I was picking all 30 teams win totals, I would be able to come up with an over under, but there's, I came up with 10 that I feel mostly comfortable with. And again, only seven or eight do I feel really strongly about. So I'll just go in alphabetical order, um, not an order of, of like how safe I think the pick is necessarily. So let's hit a handful of these 10 total, I guess. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks betonline.ag win total this season is 55 and a half wins. Uh, I think they're going to win more games than that. I think they'll be over 55 and a half. Um, I think that the East is weak enough. The Bucks are going to feast on that schedule. I mean, we saw them on, and I, I said this before, Bucks, Nets, trust me, it's going to take the Nets a minute to catch up to where the Bucks are, for instance. Um, I guess I don't know when the next time they play is, but that just shows you where the gap is between the defending champs and the team with arguably the best player in the league and Giannis Attentacupo. Uh, you know, the team with the best players should have the best record. And, um, for whatever reason, the Nets over under was like identical, or may, I think maybe you actually win higher 
than the Bucks was on betonline.ag and also across many other sports books. So I have the Bucks going over 55 and a half wins. I do think they'll finish probably 57, 58 wins this season um, and will have the best record in the league. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, they are a team that everybody's, I, I shouldn't say everybody, many people are on this year as, you know, Zach Levine, rising star, DeMar DeRozan joining the fold, uh, kind of a retooled lineup, Bill Donovan, second year as the coach, you know, a better coaching situation than they had prior to him. Uh, but they're over under on betonline.ag's 43.5. I have them going under, and I think they'll be under pretty significantly. Now they'll still make the playoffs in the East, um, as in somewhere in the top 10, whether that's playing or not. And I'll get to the, to the playoffs here in a little bit, but I think they win probably 40 games uh, 39, probably 40. Um, and their, their line again is 43 and a half. I, I just think that the, the, I think DeRozan still remains a little bit overrated. I think Levine is perhaps a little bit overrated now, as good as they both are offensively, the defense is going to be an issue. I think there'll be some efficiency issues on offense and, uh, and, you know, even given how bad the East is in general, I think the bulls struggle to, to get above 500 this year. And I've got them at 40 wins. Again, the line is 43 and a half, uh, going down the line again, alphabetically skipping over teams that I don't want to touch the touch the over under on the Memphis Grizzlies. Their bet online.ag line is 41 and a half. I'd go over that. I, I like the Grizzlies this year. I think that they're going to be not over by a lot. I think they're 43, 45, 44 wins. Probably if I had to pick, I'd say they, they win 44 games this year. Um, and again, the line's at 41 and a half. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is better than people realize. Um, some people realize, I think that he will be uh, you know, coming back from injury. He only played, I think, 11 games last season. I think the Grizzlies are going to be really good. They're deeper this year too. Um, and of course they have Jared Culver. So that's going to, that's going to do, do a lot for them, right? Um, so I have them at uh, at over 41 and a half wins. My fourth pick was the Atlanta Hawks. I think they're over their line of 47 and a half wins. And I think pretty significantly, I think the Hawks are good. I know that people feel like maybe they outperformed. Um, you know, I, I think there's going to be this kind of over overreaction reaction to both Atlanta in the East and Phoenix in the West that, hey, these teams are ahead of schedule. What are they going to do as an encore? Um, are they going to be able to get back to their respective conference finals or in the Suns case, the finals? I don't know that that's true, but I think the Hawks are one of the two or three best teams in the East when it's all said and done. I've got them at 52 wins this year, which is uh, what, four and a half wins above their prediction or their, I should say their win total on bet online, which is 47 and a half. So I think the Hawks are over. I think they feast on a, on a, on a weak Eastern conference and they get a little healthier too. I mean, Deandre Hunter is healthy among others. Kevin Herter came out in the playoffs. I think this is a relatively deep team and uh, they're going to be over that win total 47 and a half. Um, the next one I want to hit is the Charlotte Hornets. I think they'll be under their line of 40, of, excuse me, 38 and a half. It was 37 and a half in some books. BetOnline has them at 38 and a half. I would go under either way. I think the Hornets struggle this year. And uh, I think they were a, an example of a team a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, they had a little bit of a curious off season. I've, I've got them at about 35 wins, um, maybe 36, but I'd go under the 38 and a half pretty comfortably. And I think they missed the cut in terms of the top 10 teams in the, in the Eastern conference. Um, so I think it's overall a disappointing season for the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. I want to hit five more over-unders and then I want to do my predictions for the Eastern conference and Western conference playoffs, the Northwest division, specifically specific re records there and uh, where I think the wolves will finish going on record with my final win total projection for the Timberwolves this year. That's all coming up next. Before we do that though, let's talk about our outstanding friends over at Sweatblock. There's plenty of things that are uncomfortable to talk about. Um, and excessive sweating is certainly one of them. For a few weeks now, we've been talking about Sweatblock. These are the, the wipes that stop sweat for seven days. And it seems like people have been listening. We have friends of Lockdown who've tried Sweatblock and love it. 
I have a story here about a high school teacher who said he'd pit out by fourth period. I mean, students, teachers, we've all been there, right? He'd hear the snickers and whispers from his students. So he started bringing a second shirt to change into between classes. Then he heard about sweat block on our program. He tried it and now he's hooked. No more Snickers and no more second shirt. Also, straight out of Hollywood, we have a producer who's working on the set of a Marvel movie. She was working 18-hour days for weeks in the Atlanta heat, heard about Sweatblock, started trying it, and loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it. Not sure which one. Maybe the green one? So stay dry on set and on to, uh, excuse me, to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. Another success story, an avid soccer player, he heard us talking about sweat block and thought it was too good to be true, but he was always the wettest guy after practicing games. So he thought he'd give sweat block a shot. He tried it on his pits and the next practice, his pits were dry while everything else was wet. He says he didn't have to reapply for nine days and now he's a true believer. There you go. Lockdown listeners loving sweat block. Stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere. And I mean anywhere. That sweats. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. Again, you can also pick it up at Amazon or on, or at CVS, but at sweatblock.com, you can use that promo code locked on. You get 20% off again. Sweatblock.com, promo code locked on. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, let's get to the rest of those over-unders. Uh, another thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. It's greatly appreciated. Again, all platforms, including YouTube now. So make sure that you're subscribed and you're, you are following on your favorite audio platform or on YouTube. All right, other uh, the other over-unders that I want to do, five more really quickly. And one of them is the Timberwolves. We'll get to that one last. And I'm going alphabetically. I typed wolves in my spreadsheet instead of Timberwolves. So they did end up last alphabetically anyway. So the, this worked out. Um, okay. Number six on my list, the Sacramento Kings, they're over under on bet online or excuse me, their win totals 36 and a half. Um, I'm going under on the Kings. I've, I've, I, I guess I've just singled out the Kings as the, the one franchise. I talked about this on the, uh, the up and up and coming on the rise Odyssey podcast, uh, with a few other lockdown NBA hosts. And I apologize to, to Matt George, the host of lockdown Kings, but I feel like the Kings are the Wolvesiest franchise that isn't the Wolves. If you're a longtime Wolves fans, you know that. Sacramento is the one franchise that Timberwolves fans can point to and say, hey, at least we're not the Kings. And of course, blocking out the fact that the, the Rick Adelman Kings years were were still better than any actual era the Timberwolves had. Obviously, Kevin Garnett's era was fantastic, but the Kings had real playoff success too. Those are such fun teams to watch. But basically, since then, the Kings are about the only team in the league that's been as bad or worse as the Timberwolves and has the same 
almost the same level of dysfunction. Already we're seeing the Marvin Bagley stuff, by the way, on on Tuesday with his agent coming out and complaining about him not being in the rotation publicly. The Luke Walton saga, basically always the last year and a half or so. So anyway, I think the Kings, ultimately, they've got talent on that roster. Obviously, Darren Fox. I love Tyrese Halberton, uh, but I think they end up under. I think they're under 36 and a half. I've got them pegged for something around uh, maybe 33 wins. I don't think they go under by a lot, but I think they're under the 36 and a half mark. Um, Toronto Raptors, I have them over 36 and a half wins. I think Toronto is probably better than people think. I know they lost Kyle Lowry, but um, OG Ananobi is going to get his chance to shine. I think Scotty Barnes will be good as a rookie. Um, I think that there, there are some other, you know, uh, uh, Chris Boucher, by the way, like, I think he's, he's a, a solid you know, piece for them too, that, that is maybe a little bit underrated. Um, I think their defense will be good. Nick nurse is obviously fantastic. So I've got the Raptors over 36 and a half pretty comfortably. I've got them probably 41, 42 wins this year. Um, so clearing that by, by what, what is that? Like five, six wins. Um, and then the Houston Rockets, their line is 26 and a half. I believe they will be under that. I think the West is just too tough. We'll talk more specifically about the Rockets last segment when I do the Wolves Rockets preview. Uh, but it's just such a young, I mean, they got four, teenagers that they drafted this year in the first round. I, I don't see them getting above 26 and a half wins in, in just an incredibly difficult conference. I mean, you can make a case for 13 teams making it into the playoffs in the West. Truly. I think the Thunder and the Rockets are the only two teams that, that aren't in that conversation at all. And the Rockets are, are going to really struggle. Um, I think they're below 26 and a half. I've, I, I think they're going to be more like 20, 21 wins this year. Uh, second to last over under I'm going to hit today is the Washington Wizards. Their win total projections, 34 and a half. I think they're over. I think typically the Wizards have been under, or excuse me, overrated in the past, but getting rid of Russell Westbrook and redoing that, uh, that roster basically entirely around Bradley Beal is going to make a big difference. And Beal already was fantastic last year. I think he finished second in the league in scoring. He's going to get the ball even more often in his hand or have the ball in his hands more often. Um, it's a young roster and a new coach, but a promising coach and a promising roster and a weak Eastern conference. So I think I'm not saying that they're necessarily a playoff team. I think they're on the cusp of that 10, 11 spot in the West, excuse me, in the East. Um, but I think they end up winning 38, 39 games and being over that 34 and a half, maybe 37 games, 38, maybe a lot, but, um, I think there are over 34 and a half wins in the East. My last one is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Their betonline.ag win totals 35 and a half, which by the way, many books have them lower than 35 and a half. BetOnline's was one of the higher uh, win totals for them. And I t- I'm still taking the over. Um, I'm taking over 35 and a half, which shouldn't be a surprise if you listen to this show. I think the Wolves again are overrated or excuse me, underrated. Um, and I mean, they have been frequently, I think the last, the last few years, but injuries, even the Jimmy Butler year, I think people thought they wouldn't be as good as they were up until the Butler injury, right? They, nobody thought they'd be top four in the West and they were until Butler got hurt in the second half of the season. Um, I think this is another case of everybody saying, well, it's the Wolves. And I get that, right? I mean, like how many years have I thought they'll be better than their win total and then they're worse, usually because of injury. Um, so given relative injury luck, they're above 35 and a half wins. I'm not going to give my prediction yet. That's going to be in just a second here when I when I hit the Northwest Division. Okay, um, let's do it this way. Actually, I'll do the Northwest Division now and then I'll do the, the 10 playoff teams, including the play-in teams in each conference. So the Northwest Division, I think the Utah Jazz not only win the division, I think they get the number one seed in the West and I think they win for 54, maybe 55 games. Um, we'll call it 54 and 28 to win the West and lead the Northwest Division uh, this year for the Utah Jazz. I just think it's the most complete, the, the best combination of high-level talent, depth, 
coaching um, and it's also continuity, really. Um, you know, Mike Conley healthy, you know, some of those things are going to make a really big difference this year that, uh, you know, the rotation wasn't what it should have been in the playoffs last year, mostly due to injuries. But, um, you know, they just, I, I think as a regular season team, and I'm not saying they're going to win the West and go to the finals. I'm saying they're going to get the number one seed in the West and will win the Northwest division. Number two in the Northwest division, I've got the Denver Nuggets going 48 and 34, finishing second. I've got the Portland Trailblazers third, just beating out the Timberwolves. I have them at 43 and 39. I have your Minnesota Timberwolves fourth in the Northwest division at 42 and 40. I have them two games above 500. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be right in that 40 to 42 win mark. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't bring myself to just say, Hey, 500 records. So I, I went ahead and gave them the extra game and went to 42 and 40 for my official prediction, fourth in the Northwest division, bringing in, in just a minute, we'll get to where I think they'll be seated in the West. Bringing up the rear in the Northwest Division, of course, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I've got them at 22 and 60. I do think they'll be better than the Rockets uh, because Shea Gilgis Alexander is incredible. Um, but then again, the Thunder are pretty adept at, uh, at tanking, as we saw last year. So we'll see. Uh, maybe the bottom will fall out in Oklahoma City more than it does in Houston. Um, okay, Western Conference seeding when it's all said and done this year. The Utah Jazz are going to win the West with 54 wins. Phoenix Suns will be the number two seed. The Denver Nuggets, three. I already said they'd be 48 and 34. The Mavericks, I think, will will finish fourth. I could see the Nuggets and Mavericks going either way, but I went Nuggets, three, Mavericks, four. The LA Lakers, five. The LA Clippers at number six in the West. I think Memphis will surprise some people. I think they'll give the Clippers a run for the sixth seed, but ultimately finish seventh in the West. I've got Memphis at, uh, at 44 wins this year. Portland Trailblazers, again, edging out the Timberwolves, in this case, for the eighth seed with 43 wins. And I have the Wolves at 42 wins in the ninth seed in the West. And I have the Golden State Warriors at the 10 seed. I just think the Warriors have a little bit of a lack of depth. They've obviously got some, you know, Clay Thompson coming back from a, essentially a two-year absence. Draymond Green isn't quite what he was. Steph Curry, um, you know, there's some cons- injury concerns there in general. Andrew Wiggins, I think, is a little bit overrated still nationally. They're going to be relying on him quite a bit. Um, and they're just a little bit unsettled. So I've got the Wolves and Warriors at, at Wolves at nine at Warriors at 10. The Pelicans I have just behind the Warriors. I could see the Pelicans squeezing into the playoffs and, and knocking out, you know, really any of, of the Portland, Minnesota, Golden State group. The Spurs a little bit further back at 12. So I got the Pelicans just below outside the playoffs at 11. The Spurs probably six, seven games back at number 12. Same tier as the Kings, Spurs, Kings, 12, 13, and then the Thunder and Rockets are the bottom tier in the West. Um, so again, Western Conference, Jazz, Suns, Nuggets, Mavs are your top four. Lakers, Clippers, Grizzlies, Blazers are your next four. Your play-in teams uh, in nine and 10 are the Wolves and Warriors. Out of the playoffs are Pelicans, Spurs, Kings, Thunder, Rockets in that order. In the Eastern Conference, I got the Milwaukee Bucks winning the conference, 58 wins for them, followed by the Hawks, Nets, Heat, and Sixers. That's your top five. Bucks, Hawks, Nets, Heat, and Sixers. Followed closely by the Celtics at number six. And then the Pacers, Raptors, Bulls, and Wizards will finish uh, out your playoff slate. I have the the Knicks, just a game behind the Wizards, just missing the playoffs. Of course, I, I think Tom Thibodeau's group kind of overperformed a little bit in his first season there. I think they come back to earth a little bit this season and narrowly missed the playoffs. And again, I have the Bulls in there at number nine with 40 wins in the East. So I still think they'll make the playoffs. I just don't think they're quite where people think they'll be. And I think the Raptors will be better than people are expecting. Um, that means I also have the Hornets outside of the playoffs at number 12, followed by the bottom tier in the East, which uh, is, uh, you know, that 
Thunder Rockets tier in the West, the very bottom. In the East, that's three teams, the Cavs, Pistons, and Magic. I think the Rockets and Magic are the worst two teams in the league. And the Thunder, Cavs, and Pistons are all a little bit better than those two. Uh, But at any rate, I've got the Cavs 13, the Pistons 14, and the Magic 15 in the Eastern Conference. Um, So one more time in the East, I've got Bucks, Hawks, Nets, Heat as the top four. And I think the Bucks are comfortably the best team in the league. After that, Sixers, Celtics, Pacers, Raptors are five, six, seven, eight, followed by the Bulls and Wizards. And then out of the playoffs, Knicks, Hornets, Cavs, Pistons, and Magic. Um, Those are my conference standings, uh, my playoff teams, what I think will happen this year. And the Timberwolves, again, finishing 42 and 40. Next, what I want to do, I want to finish the show with uh, looking a little bit at this Wolves-Rockets matchup. Um, and that'll be that'll be kind of the close. I, I want to see how these two teams line up. I want to talk through that a little bit. A note about uh, preseason play, which I think is interesting, that relates to both the Timberwolves and the Rockets. Um, and that's how we'll close today's program. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It tastes amazing. Uh, it tastes exactly like a candy bar. And actually, just uh, there's a new flavor um, that that's out there. Uh, it's blueberry muffin, um, and it's available now on BuiltBar.com. I got a, a sample in the mail earlier today, and I have not had one yet, but I'm you better believe it, I'm going to tomorrow, and I can't wait. Um, <laughs> They're always releasing new flavors. They've got some new fall ones out now. But if you're not familiar with Built Bar, you can get a mix box of two of each of the nine main flavors. But again, they're always releasing new flavors. So if you haven't tried it, get a mix box and then pay attention for some of these new releases. They're amazing. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy. Remember, they're protein bars. They just taste like candy bars. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from only 130 to 180 calories per bar. Just four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams net carbs in each bar. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. From basketball to football, baseball postseason to the NHL, boxing and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Again, promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. Um, let's close the show by talking wolves rockets. So, I just, I just last segment, I mentioned that I think the Rockets are going to finish last in the, in the West. I think they, I think the Magic are probably the worst team in the league, but the Rockets are, are next. Um, a ton of intriguing pieces on Houston's roster. Jay Sean Tate was great last year. Um, obviously Christian Wood is, is legitimately really good. Um, I think he's probably a, what, top 60 player in the NBA, uh, which I, I mean, I guess I'm just kind of throwing that out there, but that seems about right to me. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I think he's probably top 60, top 55, maybe even, but Christian Wood's fantastic. Um, obviously John Wall's not, not suiting up for them. Um, Jay Sean Tate is, is going to be a lot of fun. And then the rookies, I mean, Jalen Green, uh, uh, oh, I didn't even mention Kevin Porter Jr. J- but, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is 
tons of upside will be fun to watch Jalen green, similar story. Um, and then there's a handful of, you know, there were four, I mentioned earlier, four first round picks this year, all teenagers are going to see minutes for them. Um, and there's a handful of veterans too, which I, I I'm interested to see how much run they get as of now, it looks like they're going to be part of the rotation. Daniel Tice, um, Eric Gordon, DJ Augustine's on this team, Daniel Nwaba, uh, or excuse me, David Nwaba. Um, and I, I think, I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see how they mix it in. And, and in the preseason, they were only one and three. They mostly played their rotation guys um, and, and they got beat pretty handily a couple of times despite playing most of the guys that we're going to see on a regular basis during the regular season. Um, my note that I mentioned a minute ago about preseason, Kevin Pelton at ESPN tweeted out a graphic of, of preseason rotation minutes, which is which teams played their projected rotation players the most during the preseason. Um, and by that, he means the projected top eight in a team's rotation. Number one, far and away, was the Houston Rockets. And that's not surprising, again, as a super young team. Um, and they played their those guys, their their regular rotation guys, 65% of their team minutes were their projected top eight rotation. Now, like Daniel Tice set out the last preseason game, as did... Um, as did, uh, who did I just mention a second ago? The other, uh, one of the other veterans, uh, Eric Gordon didn't play. Um, he's obviously been hurt. Uh, Dante Exum's on this team as well. There's just a handful of these guys that are kind of kicking around the end of the roster that didn't necessarily play, but all the young guys that are going to be part of the rotation played in the preseason. Um, and incidentally, uh, the Wizards were second, which I guess they have a, a really new roster, which is the reason why. Then the Spurs, Warriors, Kings, the Timberwolves were sixth in percentage of preseason rotation minutes from their top eight rotation guys. Um, so the Rockets, number one and Timberwolves, number six, the Rockets went one and three in preseason. The Timberwolves went three and one and were competitive in their one loss against a Nets team that was mostly playing starters as well. So uh, all that to say, the Rockets aren't going to be very good this year. They're gonna be a ton of fun to watch. Their defense is going to be atrocious. Christian Wood will be efficient offensively, but otherwise we're going to see a lot of misses from Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, um, you know, some of these young guys trying to, Jay Sean Tate, these guys that are trying to make a name for themselves and understandably so, and, and, and they're going to lose a lot of games and they know that. Um, so as long as the wolves can, can make life miserable for those guys and make them take and make tough jumpers, um, on the perimeter, there's not much about their inside game. That's going to scare the Timberwolves. Um, they've got the, the rookie center, uh, uh, Sangoon, and we'll see how he handles Carl Anthony Towns. But the main thing is making Kevin Porter and Jalen Green take tough shots on the perimeter. And if they can do that, if the Timberwolves can do that, this should be an easy win. Now, I remember last year I said the same thing leading into the season for the, the first game against the Detroit Pistons, who were supposed to be miserable. And the Wolves won, but it was a really ugly game. It was like the final score was in the 90s for both teams, and the Wolves barely eked out a win um, to start the season 1-0 last year. This Rockets team should be worse than the Pistons team was last year, and the Timberwolves should be better than they were last year. So anything can happen in the first game of the year, but the Wolves should like this matchup they have with the Rockets. Um, and of course, we'll get the Rockets at least two more times, if not three times this season, um, being that they're in the West. So a real opportunity for the Timberwolves to get off to a great start this season. And of course, the schedule is actually pretty favorable over the next couple of weeks, and I'll spend some more time on that later this week. Um, but it's, I think it's six of the first seven games are, are at home for the Timberwolves. Um, actually, seven of the first eight games are at home with the only away game being at Milwaukee next Wednesday, a week from now. So favorable games, a couple of big games against New Orleans coming up. And of course, those are big games because of potential tiebreaker, uh, um, you know, uh, the impact of a potential tiebreaker down the road. So again, getting off to a good start to the season is super important. Also notable, uh, 
if you're not aware, Patrick Beverly's out for Wednesday's game. He has the one-game suspension because of his uh, his actions in the playoffs against Chris Paul, uh, I guess only like three months ago now. Um, but he is suspended for Wednesday's game. He'll, he's expected to play on Saturday. As of right now, Jordan McLaughlin's listed as questionable, as is Jalen Noel. It sounds like McLaughlin's likely to play based on some of Chris Finch's comments to the media. Um, but if McLaughlin doesn't play and Beverly's out, we're looking at at two-way player McKinley Wright getting backup point guard opportunities and probably more Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards operating with the second unit than we'll see you know, on a regular basis. Uh, but no Beverly Wednesday, possibly no McLaughlin. And then Jalen Noel's got a, I think it was a, a uh, I forget what it is, sore ankle or, or something, something sore. He's questionable uh, for the game on a Wednesday, but I think Noel's probably just on the outside and looking in uh, to the rotation anyway. So, um, all right, Wolves, Rockets, seven o'clock central Wednesday night. We'll be after the show, I'm going to have a post-game podcast up almost immediately afterwards, or excuse me, after the game, I'll be recording the show. Uh, so be sure that you're following, you're subscribed. Again, you can listen to Lockdown Wolves free and available on all platforms that includes YouTube. And thank you again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Uh, post-game pod posting immediately following. We'll have a Friday show. We'll also do a post-game pod on Sunday, or I guess late Saturday following Saturday night's game against New Orleans. So look for that late Saturday, early Sunday for your weekend dose of Locked on Wolves. Again, all platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, the all new Odyssey app, of course, YouTube. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. A reminder that Locked On Wolves is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast. We'll catch you next time. Enjoy Timberwolves basketball tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you back after the game. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.